Hello, 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 and welcome to the Lit to Lens podcast, a place for folks who like the book better than the movie. We have a little bit of a different structure today. Uh, we're doing a preseason episode that's going to introduce everybody into what we're doing. Uh, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Mr. E. Hello. Hello, Will. How's it going? Good. Uh, you braved the, the snows to get here. I had to walk in the street, actually, in your street outside your house, because the sidewalks are not shoveled. Yeah, well, I mean... Why do you have an HOA? So if people don't <laughs> don't shovel their own sidewalks. Unbelievable! I, guess. I almost slipped and fell. Cracked I'm, my head open. I've been thinking about writing a letter to the HOA. Honestly, you haven't written one yet. I'm, it's it's just like I'll how hard is it to get a shovel, right? Yeah. How well, hard is it to get a shovel? It's not that hard, especially like that little block. But yeah. your your street has like parts. There's like a section of where it's shoveled, and then a section of like ice, and then a section of shoveled section ice. Yes. Yeah. Some people put salt down. Some people didn't. Um, and then there's. I, I think I know what you're talking about. There's like this weird no man's land where there's no house in front of it. Mm-hmm. So no one felt the need to shovel it. Yeah. All I'm saying is I almost got hit by a car because I was walking the street. Yeah. In order well, to get here. So glad you made it safely. <laughs> Me too. Where's my $90 a month go to if not <laughs> shoveling when there's five inches of snow? What the fuck? I want a refund. Anyways, Eric, what are we doing today? We are introducing our season. This is going to be season eight and we're going to hold off on telling you what it is, although it's probably in the show title. So it probably will be a job for us. Um, but I think we're, we're trying to get into the habit of introducing seasons into the podcast feed because it is a very direct line of communication with our listeners. So we just thought this would be easier in addition to looking at our Instagram and, and Twitter pages. Um, but so in this episode, we're going to talk about the topic and we're going to talk about what we're tackling this. Season. Yes. So with that said, we have uh, five pieces of uh, literature that we're going to be uh, reading and reviewing, and three of them are plays, actually. Three of them are plays. Uh, and two of them are novels. Yeah. Um, so we thought, since the Oscars were pushed back a couple months into April, um, that we're going to try and shoot for the most likely, I would say, or at least the ones that have a good shot at being uh, nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Yes. So we are doing awards bait or Oscar bait specifically yeah. here on season eight of the Little Ends podcast. Um, and we're doing it because I think in some ways, like the adapted screenplay Oscar nominee is the highest form of a Little Lens joint, just generally, right? Yes. In a given year, so. we've decided that these are the best five adaptations. Yep. So that's something for us to like vibe with and read and do. Yeah. I'm actually kind of, I feel like we may have talked about doing this before, but we've never actually done it. Um, and for whatever reason this year, it just kind of fell into our lap that, um, we should probably do this. Yeah. Well, it worked out that the Oscars moved to April. So it gives us literally the start of the calendar year to get our shit together. Yeah. Read. Um, I, like you said, three of them this year are plays Yep. and two of them are going to be novels. So, it, but it is interesting to see, cause I think like as a season it is sort of looser than our previous seasons. Cause what do these five things have in common? nothing really other than their movie came out in 2020 and they were critically reviewed right well received right but they're not there's no through line that's like these are all sci-fi or these are all philip k dick or you know however you want to slice it and dice it true um but i I do think it it could be interesting to see like these are the best of the best of a given year and it at least shows you like what the creators or the producers value in a piece of literature yeah and i think it's interesting that Three of them are plays. Um, I feel like not too many plays get adapted um, into feature films and then feature films that are actually well-received. I mean, I guess you have Fences from a couple of years ago, and there's probably some others that I'm not remembering, but three in one year is 
seems like an outlier. That's a good point. I wonder how much, I guess we don't really know the impacts of COVID on film production, but it feels like, and this is just me making stuff up, but like if you were going to make a movie during COVID, making a, turning a play into a movie would be pretty easy. Yeah. Because you, you don't need that many sets. You really just need a couple of actors. Mm-hmm. You can limit exposure, right? Yeah. And something like one of our later plays is, I don't think there's that many characters. No. I think there's maybe a handful. But I don't know if it was made during COVID. But just a, just a thought, like, yeah. I think that would be easier. I think you're right. I think it would be uh, just a little bit easier, a little bit tighter um, instead of making like a divergent, you know what I mean? Or a twilight or something with like a hundred or 200 different characters and like massive sets and stuff. Yeah. Tom Cruise screaming at you like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. But also there's just a lot of, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that needs to be adapted, but I, because I think you're right. Like plays traditionally aren't often adapted into movies because they are, they are already so close but maybe it's just like there's this great untapped source of material. Yeah. That I is mean, the play. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't even remember the last play. Actually, I do remember the last play I went to was, um, it became Una with, uh, uh, Rooney Mara, but I can't remember the name of the Jeff Daniels and Rooney Mara. No, no, no Jeff she, Daniels. And, uh, um, shoot. She was in, um, Manchester by the sea. Yeah. The, um, the blonde. I, I keep wanting to call her Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, it's, it's not, not her. Um, anyways, that was the last one I saw with you, and then that was adapted into a movie with Rooney Mara and um, the British guy, but I can't remember his name either. But anyways, that was horribly received. I think. Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. Wait, did that um, movie come out? Ooh, yeah, yeah, it's on. I think it's on like Hulu or something. Wow. So if anybody wants to watch it, it's available. Yeah. That was a that was that was a pretty Blue, heavy Bluebird? play. That sounds right. Something like that. That sounds right. Yeah. But anyways, um, I didn't save that playbill. That that playbill <laughs> got tossed. Yeah, so it's a little sidetrack there. Um, so Eric, what? Um, so why are we doing Oscars? Like, what? What about the Oscars is um, sort of like important to you? Important for us to discuss here? Why well, I, I I love the awards shows. I'm I'm kind of a weird person like that where I like to, not necessarily like the the pre-show stuff. Or, I mean, some of us like that. Whatever. But I I like the idea that everyone got together in a room and is deciding to give silly gold statues to people. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny if you think about like the history of the Oscars that they're sort of like anti-union in a way, whatever. There's this whole like dark history to the Oscars and what they actually, what their purpose actually is. But, um, I just like dudes in tuxes, women in gowns, having fun. Yeah. They're with their friends. I don't know. It stems, I think from like a, like it's very British. Like this is what British people love to do. They love to like dress up and like act all hoity-toity. And like this is like our version of that, I think. And it's I like it too. I mean, I I've watched them. I've watched every single one for the past how who knows how many years, and they're always fun. And yeah. it's and it's essentially meaningless. Like it's a piece of art. It's one is not necessarily better than the other, but I think it's it is certain. It holds a certain significance. Like this was. Uh, the best in this moment kind of thing. Right. And they, yeah, historically they serve an important purpose where you can look back on 2012 and think like, wait, that's what we gave the Oscar to. Yeah. When, you know, now looking back, you're like, no one watches that movie anymore. That movie is out of the public consciousness, but at a certain point in time, it was very important for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, And, and they're also like a, a really good marketing tool to say like, 
here are the movies that we think you should be watching in 2020 yeah go go watch them go find them do you remember like when you would go to like blockbuster or like dvd stores like maybe best buy or something and the ones with the academy award stamp on them like five-time academy award nominated for oh, this picture like yes would stand out and you'd be like oh this must be pretty fucking good like god damn those would always stick out to me and i'd be like i'm getting this movie yeah it's amazing to see like i don't know if you've been on the internet in recent days post the golden globe nominations no um I, we should say we're recording this on february 4th maybe you already said that if you didn't, didn't. then i'm saying it now but golden globe nominations came out recently and i feel like i've already been served with a bunch of ads that are like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh yeah, three-time Golden Globe nominated. They're targeting you. Yeah, they immediately. Want you to watch it. You've already seen it though. I have already. Seen. Maybe that's why I'm getting targeted for it. We'll see it again. Yeah. <laughs> you have Netflix, Eric. <laughs> Keep Stream watching it. it. Stream it again. <laughs> um. So yeah, we thought you know this would be a perfect time since we kind of haven't done this before. This is kind of like the quintessential award for like you said before, lit to lens. I mean. Um, there's plenty of bad adaptations out there. You can go in our catalog and find some of them, uh, but there's plenty of really great ones. And you know, five of the best from the past year, I think, certainly is helpful for us. It makes it easier. First of all, they're, some of them are plays that are shorter. They're easier to read. There's not as much like internal dialogue, I guess. Yep. It's all just dialogue. And then you have ones that are probably going to be good because they're not going to make necessarily, hopefully, a, a bad book into a good movie. Usually good material good movie so i agree with that yeah and like you said there are bad adaptations but there are no bad episodes about those adaptations i thought you were gonna say there were no bad episodes of entourage but (laughs) why would you think i was gonna say that because i walked in today everybody just want everyone to know i walked in and eric was watching season three episode seven or something yeah yes how many times have you seen entourage um probably not as many as you think well, it's not polite to ask. <laughs> I, I go through it over and over again, and then I stop at, like, season five, and then I just decide to restart. Yeah. It's kind of like painting the Golden Gate Bridge, where, like, you by the time you're finished painting it, you have to repaint it because mm-hmm. it's taking you so long. Yeah. That's sort of how Entourage is. Once you finish watching to the end of season five, you then have to restart it. Is that how, to, is that how it works? Yeah. I mean, for, <laughs> for most of us, I think. Side note. So, there you go. That's a little uh, dip into my brain your personal life yeah <laughs> it's not a great but you know we are who we are <laughs> <laughs> that's true that is true so um smooth transition here into uh our first book slash movie adaptation of the season eric what are we doing yes we i gave this away a little bit but uh we are doing ma rainey's black bottom um and i'll go ahead and read the imdb synopsis for this uh but during a recording session tensions rise between ma rainey her ambitious horn player and the white management determined to control the uncontrollable mother of the blues. This is on Netflix. You can find the play online if you're interested. August yep. Wilson play, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Um, he wrote Fences. He's probably one of the quintessential playwrights of the last like 40 years. Yes. I, I thought he was way older. I thought his plays came out in like the 60s or maybe even the 50s or something. Yeah, but, but he's like 80s and yeah. 70s, 80s, 90s. So relatively recent or yeah. like more recent than I thought. Yeah. A lot of his plays are set in the past, though, which maybe is why you yeah, that's probably true. Think of yeah. him like in the Tennessee Williams era. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say him and like Tony Kushner probably, as far as like mainstream playwrights of of recent era. Mm-hmm. Maybe Aaron Sorkin. I don't know. Does is he, he write plays? Well, sometimes. Oh. Yeah, he wrote um. 
Who? To Kill a Mockingbird. Or he, he adapted that for That's right. Broadway. He's got a, a couple other plays. His plays would be, I feel like, would be great. The dialogue back and They'd forth. They'd be so be, long. They would be uh, like three hours. <laughs> yeah. So, excuse me, why are we doing uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Well, for me, it's starts with Chadwick Boseman, I think, probably. Like, okay. this is the this is the end of the line, right? This is his last movie. And this movie, because of that, is going to take on a, like, it's going to be on one of the highest pedestals of his, like, career, right? Like, everybody knows the last role of this, like, famous actor or actress who died a little bit young, Yeah. right? Yeah. So, it's, it's like, for us, it's sort of like the Heath Ledger-ness of The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, in a certain way, but I think it, I don't know that it, for me, it started with that. I was like, what is this? Oh, this is his last role. Yeah. That's how I first heard about it. Um, I didn't know anything about my Rainey's block, I didn't even know who else was in it. And I just heard about, you know, this is, that was how it was advertised. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that's good or not, is you know, a completely different conversation, but that is certainly one of the reasons why I watch it. Now I was not really on the Chadwick Boseman bandwagon. But I think when you look at his, especially recently, his body of work, it's like... It's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty great. Like, it's up there with, like, a lot of heavy hitters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely one reason I would watch it, too. But um, as well, you have uh, the lead actress. Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Yeah. Um, love Viola Davis. We talked about her in Fences. Mm-hmm. She's always really, really great. Do you think she will have a chance at Best Actress, or will she be... I think so. Okay. I think she's. I think she's one of the favorites. But do you, do you think she'll win it because she already has her statue? Oh, I don't know. This is this was like the whole controversy last time with Fences because she was tagged as a supporting actress, so she would win essentially. Yeah. But now she's got like. I think. I mean, they're different, right? Like, lead actress is more important than a supporting actress when you're talking about Oscars. True. A lot of people win their Oscars initially in the supporting role. And, and then, then try to bump up. That's true. But yeah, winning it. I don't know. It's the Oscars, man. Like wait for that conversation for. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else is up there. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about one later in the episode, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it'll know. be an interesting conversation when once it gets closer to it. Yeah. But yeah, so those are two of the big things for me. I, I personally didn't really love Fences either, reading it or watching it. Um, I wasn't super interested in it and didn't, I don't know, it just didn't, didn't really hit with me. But this one, I think, is a little different. It's a little bit more upbeat. Yeah, it's got, music. It's got a lot of music in it. Um, so. I'm interested in, like, the intersection between, uh, like, these white moneyed men who mm. control the money and then, like, the black artists that they sort of take advantage of to get, like, record sales. Yeah. I mean, this this is like a that's a common trope in in the music industry that, especially white men like, and I'm sure it's substantiated and I'm sure it actually it still happens today. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure this will have it's it's certainly timely, for a number of different reasons because of Chadwick Boseman and, and that specifically. But yeah, it should be good. Yeah. All right. Number two, Will, tell us about it. Nomadland. Um, after losing everything in the Great Recession. A woman embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Um, so this is with... I'm Francis McNorman. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing our name. Um, 
and she is basically from the trailer and from the synopsis she's basically just wandering around through life i think she in the trailer she's working at an, an amazon plant there isn't a whole lot of information in the back in her background but she's she's a nomad she's a nomad so she's cruising through the west and meeting random interesting people and obviously the uh um cinematography looks incredible from the different sceneries that that they take advantage of and i think there's there's certainly a lot of uh what do they call that when it's like the sun is going down minute hour oh golden hour magic or golden hour excuse me um seems like there should be a lot of that as well in the movie but i'm excited for this one um so i like i like a good hobo story is that right (laughs) i i love like people who hop on train cars and go somewhere else and don't sort of like parachute around they don't have a place to rest yeah and they're just trying to do it and this is interesting because it's like you think of hobo stories you think of like the turn of the 20th century or even earlier right like Mm. 1800s 1900s this is happens post the great recession which is like 12 years ago yeah 10 years ago yeah so modern day yeah so that's interesting to me Mm -hmm. um the director i'm really interested in chloe zhao Mm -hmm. she's directing a marvel movie is she? Uh, or is like in the process of filming it. This is why Kumail Nanjiani is like super ripped. That's his movie, The oh. Eternals. So I'm interested. I don't, I've never seen a movie by her, but because she is hopping into the mainstream, then I need to go back and figure out what she did before. Where then. she? Yeah, yeah. So I looked at some of her movies before, but none of them I'd never heard of either from. So I think they were pretty small indies. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited for this one though. Yeah, me too. I mean it's kind of it's unique in the sense that there aren't many of these movies made or any many of these stories told um i can't even think of like the last maybe wild with reese witherspoon is like a similar kind of story um but yeah i think the uniqueness uniqueness of the story and obviously francis mcdormand is probably perfectly cast for this role yeah Um, as we talk about best actress like front runners there you go mcdormand top two yeah so uh what's number three Number three, One Night in Miami. Cue oh the salsa, God. right? Oh um, anyway, uh, a fictional account of one incredible night where icons Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown gathered discussing their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval of the 1960s. This is streaming on Prime currently. Mm, currently, yep. Um, and we should have mentioned that Nomadland is coming out on Hulu on February 19th. That's right. Um, one Night in Miami, another one that is a uh, play turn film. Yep, and the playwright and the screenwriter here, Ken Powers, also co-wrote Soul um, on Disney Plus. So he's having a, a pretty pretty big year. Yeah, uh, there for me, like there's just a lot of talent involved in this movie. Like I really like Leslie Odom, who plays Sam Cooke, who's mm. of Hamilton fame. Mm. Um, our guy Aldous Hodge is in this. I think is I don't know if he's Jim. Br- I think he's Jim Brown. Um, if you recall our earlier episode this year, The Invisible Man, Aldis Hodge is yes. her like love interest. Yeah, her who, new love interest with giant triceps. Yeah, he's a cop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's gonna be in this kind of. Who is he? Who is he? I think he's. Uh, I think he's Jim Brown. Oh, okay. I think he's Jim Brown. Okay. Um, so a lot of talent. Regina King, I like. I don't know yeah. that she's directed before, but. Um, sports, pop culture. She kind of like came out of nowhere the past couple of years. I mean, she won her Oscar last year, and now she's directing the like a big time film. She was in Watchmen. On she was in Watchmen. HBO. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She's hosting SNL in two weeks. Is she really? So there you go. 
Regina King. Good for Regina King. So I'm Regina I am King. I'm in on this. Are you, how do you feel about this one? This one I'm less excited for. Um, I'm sh- I'm keeping my expectations low because I'm I mean I've heard it's good. Just so you can't get hurt. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you know I hadn't heard anything about it until I think we probably talked about it and I did a little more research, but it seems it seems like when I read it when I read the synopsis or hear about it, it's like okay this is like one of those like let's get let's have this like crazy scenario where like we bring four different people from four different times and bring them all together and into a room and why so i think this this meeting is real but they don't know what happened oh really so i I think this is like a event that probably took place and then they just fictionalized what they discussed oh because i think they're coming they're in town for a fight maybe it maybe it's a muhammad ali fight and then they just like hang out afterwards well, and talk about stuff. Clearly, I didn't do my research. Well, so now I'm a little bit more. You've never been to Miami. You've never. That's been true. Miami. I've never been to Miami. So, um, so but yeah, I'm a little lukewarm, but I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah. So. What we should say is, what we need from you is to identify your like will pick of the year because you always have oh, these, yeah. these movies that you're like so invested in and yeah. obsessed with, and that turn out to be terrible. No, <laughs> not always. Well, half half the time. <laughs> Flip a coin. Yeah. Yeah. This what, year I don't know if I have one because what's this the, Prometheus is like the 2012 the prime example of that. Listen, right? Prometheus was well received by critics. Okay? Well, <laughs> not by not by moviegoers. That's true. Um, but this year I don't know what I have. But are you excited for this one? Yeah, I'm excited okay. for it. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's number three on our list. So I th- I feel like these are kind of in. I think these are kind of in reverse order of how I would have ranked them anyway, or in order of how I would have ranked yeah, them. Yeah, probably. So th- as we go down, I'm less excited, but yeah. nonetheless, I'm still in on One Night in Miami. Okay, good. You better be. Yeah, I'll probably go to Miami after this and just <laughs> spend one night there. And just don't get COVID. See how it is, yeah. Um, number four, we have News of the World. A Civil War veteran agrees to deliver a girl taken by the Kiowa people years ago to her aunt and uncle against her will. The travel they travel hundreds of miles and face grave dangers as they search for a place that that uh, either can call home. So, this is uh, Tom Hanks in the starring role. Um, is it Dakota or no? Is it? No, it's a it's a new it's a new person. It's a new to, to me. Yeah. She, this this I think she's a girl. She got nominated. I mean, like I don't think she's old enough to be a woman. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just I, to clarify, I think she got nominated for a Golden Globe. This year, yes. Oh wow, okay. But I forget her name. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about it when we get there. But yeah. um, this one, I'm like kind of anti-Western because I just well, first of all, I don't really like them. It has I don't. That's a good reason to be anti. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain. I well, my my parent, my dad, and my grandfather were big westerns, and they always tried to like push their westerns on me, and I was just very resistant to that. That's probably part of it but um i just find them to be the same story over and over and over again and they're not always super interesting to me um they're far removed i never could never envision this happening i don't know i'm just like so far away from loving westerns that i really need something really good to like unforgiven like i like that one yeah well that that makes sense because that's sort of like an anti-western western Western. if you think about a western you think about like the cowboys and indians yeah traditionally right? right and then somebody is questing to bring someone somewhere else for some reason right um i read this slugline and i was like this sounds like the revenant in a way just probably a little bit less violent but i was like okay yeah 
he's running away from a group of people and he's trying to get yeah this person there i don't know in a, in a like a sense yeah i was reminded right. of the revenant yeah yeah um i do like westerns however if you look down there well you can mm-hmm. see my tv stand i have a collection of the 50 greatest westerns of of all time uh, a little box set back when people used to buy box sets of, of things i'm not going to be requesting to borrow that but. so there's probably there's probably a lot of little lens in there and we'll probably do oh, it really? okay, um so i agree with you like i'm i'm not like super it doesn't look all that exciting mm-hmm. so my expectations are sort of middling but mm-hmm. i like a little western in there yeah i mean why not right i mean it's tom hanks what's an oscar season without a western it's like a good one. It's like Christmas with no presents. <laughs> is that, what's that yeah. what it is? Um, the only reason I'm mildly excited for this one would be for Tom Hanks. I haven't. I feel like I haven't seen a good Tom Hanks film in a while. Um, and he, I feel like he's doing a lot of these like American hero roles. Like he's done this one. He did Captain Phillips years ago, but he did Greyhound. A, Greyhound was it? Was that a submarine one or that was a that wasn't submarine? It was like a above above water boat. Yeah, like a, a air, normal floating aircraft boat. Carrier. <laughs> i feel like it does a lot of these like i don't know like american hero roles and yeah. i don't know why he's typecast in that because i feel like he is better than just that but well he's a big history guy is he he produced those like band of brothers the pacific those that. sort of miniseries on yeah. hbo so i think he is just a history fan that's just yeah what he's into yeah fair enough so maybe he just maybe he literally is reading this and is like hey i should play this character. I should play this too. Uh, my yeah, beard maybe. my beard is gray i'll be good at this <laughs> grayer than not as gray as um george clooney in the midnight sky though right yeah his, his beard's pretty great yeah it is well everything with george clooney is great yeah that wasn't that was another lit to lens i did not care for that movie though that was a book yeah oh. you should read the book i'm good um yeah not a great movie <laughs> so news of the world did we decide where this this is gonna be oh so we just looked it up but it, you went to apple tv right yeah it's not on there so it's it's just on demand to rent i believe it like anywhere you can rent movies online okay. so like apple and probably google play amazon yeah. google play Voodoo. i think it's like but it's a 20 dollar rental you might as well just buy it for an extra couple bucks that's fair unless we tell you not to and then please don't yeah <laughs> and then um what is our last uh episode for the year the father the, the father a man refuses all assistance from his daughter as he ages as he tries to make sense of his changing circumstances he begins to doubt his loved ones his own mind and even the fabric of his reality so will anthony hopkins basically makes like one old man movie every year and they are always on like the very outs of oscar bait recently they've they've inched further and further in like last year there was the two popes where he played pope francis francis no pope benedict yeah pope benedict look at that catholic there you go um (laughs) Pope Benedict, and he, I think he got an Oscar nomination for that. This year, this seems to be even more on the inside yeah. of the Oscar race because he got nominated for a Golden Globe. His co-star, Olivia Coleman got nominated for a Golden Globe. The Father got nominated for... Best Picture, Best right? Drama. Just Drama, sorry. Golden Globe. Yeah. Um, and he got nominated for Screenplay in the Golden Globe. So, Anthony Hopkins finally has a project. Yeah, that's getting its way in there. Yeah. He only does, like, very serious roles, I feel like, like, like this yeah he well he was in the marvels he's in the thors is he really mm-hmm. he's odin yeah. man you gotta catch up on your marvels no i'm i refuse all right but this one um this one is probably one that i'm more excited for than the others excuse me um 
just because of um, the way that I that I heard that it was shot and the way that it kind of plays out. Um, I don't want to give anything away because um, I heard it from a like a vlogger that I that I follow. Industry sources, Industry, are saying. yeah, well, yeah. Can't really give out the information. I get but, it. I get it. Um, but I hear it's really powerful and really emotional, um, and I think it's it's obviously timely in the sense that I think everyone or most people have had, um, you know, a grandparent or a parent or somebody that they know within their immediate family or tertiary family who has gone through dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, so I think for that, partly that reason, it's, it's going to hit a lot of people like in their heart muscle. Yeah. So I think it'll be one of those things with that is hard to watch and you might only end up ever watching it once. Yeah. Yeah, probably not a repeat viewing unless you like to cry. I don't know. Yeah. Unless you're into that. Maybe you are. <laughs> um, and this is going to be in theaters February 26th if you... Yeah. Uh, what's that? What do the people say on the internet if you're nasty? Is that what people say? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to stay young. <laughs> it's not going well. I'm trying to stay away from the internet as um, much as I can. Are you excited for this one? In theaters February 26th. I I am curious about it. I, I, I think I'm more interested in the play than I am in the movie. I don't know why in my brain I feel like that is true. Well, it's a French playwright, I believe. It's called La Pea. And I'm going to read it in French. And Are I'm you? Gonna, I'm going to bring that. that perspective to the show. <laughs> I've been, I'm on my uh, 200 and like 56th day of Duolingo. No way. That's my streak. That's dope. Yeah. That's actually really good. I'm on fire. I'm Almost still on like level one, but you know, I really. <laughs> Just doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> like, how do I get I'll to do the it. store? <laughs> Le magasin est grand. The Didn't... store is big. Oh, there you go. True. That's the only, I was gonna say that's the the only sentence I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm interested in this. I am purposefully avoiding consuming more information about it other than I know like the big plot. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to go in blind and be surprised. Yeah, maybe that's why there isn't a lot of marketing because if they're, if they're really marketing the hell out of this movie, people are going to be like, oh, I don't really want to see this. Yeah. Maybe they're hoping just for Oscar buzz. Because I I feel like I haven't seen any trailers advertised or, like, any sort of material. Yeah. It's got to be hard in some respects, too, because it's, like, are you just going to put, this is the Dementia movie on the posters? Like, yeah, that's, that's going to be a hard sell. Yeah. What you want to sell is, like, this is Anthony Hopkins, like, Academy Award nominated. That's yeah. what you want. And they'll probably get that. They so probably will. Kudos to the father. Yeah. But that's our last... Um, that's our last episode for this coming season. Yeah. That makes it an odd five, but yeah, we're going to do them all um, before the Oscars are April 25th, I believe, which is a Sunday um, at the end of April. And we're going to try to get them in all before that um, likely within this order, unless something changes, but um, yeah, I'm excited for it. It's going to be, it's going to be a good season. Yeah. It's going to be the, obviously the Oscars move back is, will make it all different and the COVIDness of it will be different. But luckily I think a lot of these studios are moving to on demand or streaming. So yeah. Whereas in years past, it might be harder to get your hands on one of these movies. Now it might be a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully by the time that we record news of the world and the father, that they will be more accessible, more accessible and yeah. able to stream instead of getting COVID at a theater. Yeah. But, Don't do that. Yeah. Please. All right, Will, take us home. So uh, check out our latest episode on Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets um, that was posted this week. Um, make sure to rate and review and follow us on Instagram and Twitter 
at lit2lens and then follow us on the blog lit2lensblog.wordpress.com and we're going to see you next week uh we're going to record on monday probably post it the day after for ma rainey's black bottom hope you're excited r.i.p chadwick boseman r.i.p and uh shout out viola davis i guess shout out viola well we'll see how that sticks well we'll get her on the pod yeah see all right all right bye all